Hey everyone, and welcome to our second installment of asexual representation. My name is Courtney. I am here with Royce, and together we are the Ace Couple. In our first episode of asexual representation, we talked about the show Sex Education, which is one that I often see discussed in the asexual community. Ordinarily speaking, it is、uh, discussed pretty favorably in the community, and we we had a bit of a controversial opinion. We didn't think it was quite as good as、uh, the online discourse would have you believe. But today, our topic is going to be maybe a little more interesting because we're going to be discussing a show that I rarely, if ever, see discussed in. Asexual circles, and with the brand new season out, what better time than now to talk about our favorite psychopathic serial killer, ace icon, Dexter Morgan? And just to be clear, yes, we are both aware of the problematic tendency for media to show villains. As also being ace or trans or something non-heteronormative as a part of their villainous identity. Yes, that's an issue. Yes, it's very widespread. Also, some of the ace lines from Dexter are great. They're so great. No, the, this is the thing. This is why it makes it hard to talk about, and this is probably why it doesn't get discussed very often in the ace community because. It is so awful. We we don't want a prominent representation to be a literal serial killer. That's that's not what we want. And yet we're we're gonna we're gonna read some of these lines for you because because the very first season of Dexter just had us absolutely in stitches, just rolling on the floor at. Some of these lines, which I'm sure there were allosexual people watching this show, who maybe they thought it was a little funny, but it probably didn't resonate with them on the level that it did for us. It just got really, really real sometimes. And I think that's probably true. And I assume we'll talk about this more throughout the episode. But these lines are heaviest in the pilot itself. They continue through season one, and then this sort of speech pattern, sort of this inner monologue, is sort of dropped. And I think it's because the show writers wanted to take Dexter, the antihero, and make him more relatable to the widespread <laughs> audience. And so they did that by giving him a girlfriend and giving him sexual urges and whatnot. Because serial killer, all right, maybe some people can understand that, but not wanting to have sex—that's just that's just too, too far. Too far. <laughs> Too far. No, we we will absolutely talk about that more because these specific lines aside that are just hilarious and perfect ace humor. Everything else is deeply, deeply problematic, and there are several layers of problematic, which which we'll get into. But first, I want to have a little fun <laughs> because right off the bat. Less than fifteen minutes into the pilot episode of Dexter, we already know this man is a murderer. We've already sort of seen his murder ritual. You know, ev every fan of Dexter will be well acquainted with the 
uh, plastic wrap and the blood slides that he takes after making a cut on the right cheek of his victims for a trophy. Like that, that's the ritual. You see it repeatedly. We're already well exposed to that. And they really have already dug in the not just no empathy psychopath they they really really dig in the i don't have any emotions or feelings whatsoever which is also just not what psychopathy is or any personality disorder for that matter like that's also we're we're also getting into some severe ableism also <laughs> so take all of this with a grain of salt we know it's terrible but less than 15 minutes in a woman from across a parking lot winks at Dexter. Just just winks at him. And his internal monologue says, I wish she'd stop that. It's one of those mating rituals, which I really don't understand. <laughs> it's so good. Because I have absolutely had that internal monologue before. <laughs> Which I don't know if that's just a me thing or if that's an ace thing, but when I do in my head just think about general aloe culture and general culture of hypersexuality, I find it very amusing to talk about terms very much like that. The mating ritual, the endless pursuit of fornication, just using overly... um I guess formal and impersonal language is is kind of my personal ace humor, so this was just <laughs> way too good. But internal monologue aside, we also have this really clever juxtaposition of Dexter with his environment and the other people around him as they're actually conversing because he actually works, as we find out, in the homicide department of Miami Metro Police Department. And he's <laughs> a blood spatter analyst, if, if any of you haven't watched Dexter. I guess, should we say spoiler alert for Dexter? Do we need to say spoiler alert for a show that's been out for, what, a decade at least? I think that time has passed. <laughs> The time has passed. <laughs> so as soon as Dexter gets into the police department, you are immediately exposed to this, like, incredibly bro-y culture. <laughs> like, everyone has a foul mouth. Everyone's really sexually open. People are making dirty jokes left and right. Even his sister, the the one woman in a a unit of men, <laughs> is is very much like getting in on this bro culture, and it's just so amusing. After already being exposed to this internal monologue, to see how he interacts with people, because not not long after, someone just says like, "Oh well, that woman, she wasn't happy. She just needs to get laid," <laughs> and Dexter just looks really confused and not sure exactly what to say so he just says uh i guess <laughs> and i mean my compliments to michael c hall as well who plays dexter i mean he's a very good actor he's the reason i think why dexter works on any level as a character in this otherwise really weird problematic show 
And, you know, I can even relate to that on a certain level. I mean, I haven't worked in a police department, but I've I've worked in places that had just like a really, I guess I said bro-y already, I, like fratty culture. Like it feels more like a, like a frat house than an office <laughs> because all of the managers are men and they're all friends and... The culture gets really toxic really quickly, but yeah, long ago I I was a department lead at a banking call center, and just like the management was overwhelmingly men, and they would say so many problematic things. They would like, it's a wonder there weren't any more HR violations, <laughs> and and being a woman in that culture, like I was very often the receiving end of their really snide marks like i i am disabled i would often come to work feeling bad feeling sick because i was and every time without fail if i would let on that i wasn't feeling too well it would be like oh are you pregnant because clearly that's the only reason why a woman could be feeling a little under the weather if I was frustrated if, with something, no matter how justified it was, like, oh, is it your time of the month? And so, like, things that people should never have to deal with in a professional working environment, I've, I've definitely been the woman there. And it does get really uncomfortable when there are a lot of sexual comments, but in my case, being the woman in that equation, there were a lot of sexual comments actually directed at me, especially, like, off the clock at the end of the day if people go out like for drinks on a Friday together or if there's sort of an office party and people are cutting loose a little bit. Like I would get inappropriate sexual comments directed at me, but I can only imagine that if I were an asexual man in that situation <laughs> and everyone just thought I was on board with the bro thing, I would very much be like Dexter and I'd just be like, ah, uh, sure. <laughs> Well, I I would like to think I would be the kind of man who'd be like, hey, man, that's not cool. But who knows? <laughs> who knows? But speaking of Friday nights and cutting loose, the very next line <laughs> that we get of, like, Dexter's internal monologue about his real feelings of sex is really, really where it drives it home. Like, it's never explicitly stated like Dexter is asexual, but this almost transcends just ace coding. I mean, you talk about queer baiting or queer coded characters. This is all but saying the word. You basically define it outright. So this is like just wild. He He's out like at the club. He's walking around and he says, Friday night, date night in Miami. Every night is date night in Miami, and everyone is having sex. But for me, sex never enters into it. I don't understand sex. Not that I have anything against women, and I certainly have an appropriate sensibility about men, but when it comes to the actual act of sex, it always just seemed so... undignified. But I have to play the game. And after years of trying to look normal, I think I've met the right woman for me. Before we talk about the problems with the woman <laughs> that's right for him, that's so good. But really, at this point, with everything that has been explicitly stated, I don't even know that you need the word asexual. They are clearly trying to make this character asexual. But 
the problem with this is they did not write him to be an asexual character from the perspective of trying to give him depth. They wrote him as an asexual from the perspective of making him shallower and dehumanizing him because they were really, really trying to dig in the anti-hero, the this man not only has no empathy, he has no emotions at all. And they use sex and sexual attraction, sexual urges to be another thing like how weird that this guy doesn't have that. Clearly, he must be a monster. And that's horrible. And I mean, from from this perspective, too, with everything we're presented with, you could very, very obviously make the leap that he's not only asexual, but he's also aromantic, because no feelings at all. No feelings means no romance, no sex, no love. <laughs> and and that's that's another just really problematic thing, because... There are genuinely people who think if you don't experience sexual attraction, or if you don't experience romantic attraction, or certainly if you don't experience both, uh, you just, you, you can't love. <laughs> you are soulless. You're heartless. You are a monster. You are a psychopath. Like, that, that is the trope. And that's why Dexter's our problematic fave. <laughs> like, it's, it's... I want a character that has this same internal monologue, but is not a psychopath. Is that too much to ask for? <laughs> so it's at this point that we are acquainted with Dexter's girlfriend. Her name is Rita, and he goes on to explain all of the horrible traumas she's experienced, including sexual abuse from her ex. So, of course, she has experienced trauma, so now she's completely uninterested in sex. And Dexter says, that works for me. But now you've added this extra layer of of problematic in here are the two reasons why people wouldn't be interested in sex. You have deep trauma from your past or you're a psychopath. But then the show decides you can only be a psychopath if you have that deep trauma. So it all comes back to trauma again at the end. <laughs> because we don't know this yet, but spoiler alert, Dexter had a traumatic childhood. <laughs> And that's why he is the way he is. And the show really takes that and runs with it also, I think. Is it literally every single killer we encounter in this series has some level of childhood trauma? At least most of them do. At least the big, like, season-long antagonistic serial killers generally, most of the time, if not always, have trauma. I'd have to see a list. There may be there may be one or two exceptions. There may be, but it's it gets comical, honestly, as the seasons go on because Dexter is a serial killer, but he only kills other serial killers or he only aspires to kill other serial killers. So we meet a lot of killers and they all have drama. Yeah, apparently Miami is where basically every serial killer in the United States lives or goes to vacation. 
Oh yeah, they did have vacation killers at one point, didn't they? I think there there is um which again the the show runners really uh don't give a fuck about portraying mental illness in any reasonable light because I do recall one serial killer probably having schizophrenia i don't know if they specifically use that word or not but they they really pumped up the like he is delusional his hallucinations are telling him to do murders and it's like is is that really not all serial killers are mentally ill (laughs) and not all mentally ill people are serial killers what a concept So after we're introduced to the traumatized girlfriend who's uninterested in sex, who is that, that is the reason why Dexter has found her. He wants to appear human. He wants to appear as though he, (laughs) as though he's a normally functioning human in society with a normal range of human emotions. And in order to do that, he doesn't want to have to have sex, so he picks the traumatized woman. But after we get past all that, the first season really understands the comedic value of Dexter being asexual in a very sexual environment, because... There are just little subtle things that aren't even necessarily dialogue, but it's like, I I know that look. I see what you're doing. While he's on his date, another murder has transpired, so he has to run off and, and do the blood spatter thing. <laughs> and one of the other cops, one of these super bro-y cops, just says, who wants to work on a Friday night? I have my needs. Dexter does not say a word, but gives him the most glaring, silent side eye (laughs) at that comment. And honestly, at this point, they might as well have Dexter being like, are sexual people okay? Like, are are the aloes okay? (laughs) Like, you, you you can almost sense those gears turning at this point. And at least that level of playing with the comedic nature... is not something I see in a lot of shows, even the ones that do have clear ace representation, because there is a lot of humor to be found in being an asexual person in a hypersexual world. There are some absurd situations that come about, and there's a lot of humor there if you understand it and can do it well. So they they were like so close to being able to do that here. By the end of the episode... Rita thinks, maybe I have healed enough, maybe maybe now is the time, <laughs> and maybe maybe we can have sex now. So Dexter comes over to her house, and she just says, I want you, I mean, and, and just takes her robe off, standing there naked in the middle of a, a fully lit like hallway. They haven't even gotten into a bedroom or <laughs> living room, she's just standing there naked. <laughs> and Dexter just says, Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> Which is so good because as much as I don't want a serial killer to be the ace representation, there is a really good metaphor there for just trying to fit in in an allosexual world because there are so many aces out there who can relate to, you know, 
pretending to have a sexual interest just because you think that's what you're supposed to do. But the best part is a phone call interrupts them and they do not end up having sex. Instead, it's it's like one of her kids calls and, and needs to be picked up early from a sleepover. And so he's like, yeah, go. You, you need to be a good mom right now. But it shows him coming home to his own empty condo, and he's just like, that was close. <laughs> Which was another point where I started laughing so hard we had to pause the show because I was missing the dialogue that followed. It's kind of just very refreshing because you, you don't hear any other characters talk or think like that in any other show that I can think of. And he really just ends it by like, I'll admit that making out with Rita was interesting, but if I don't keep a lid on this, it could be the end of us. He's like, no, this is going to be a deal breaker if she wants to have sex with me. And he, he starts like conniving in his head, like, how, how can I make sure that we never have sex? <laughs> but I can't let her know that I don't want it because that's not normal and I have to blend in and be normal. And all of that right out of the gate is in the very first episode. This isn't asexuality related necessarily, but just, just to really drive home his lack of emotion that they really try to instill in the first season. When, when Dexter introduces his sister, Deb, he says, she's the only person in the world who loves me. I think that's nice. I don't have feelings about anything, but if I could have feelings at all, I'd have them for Deb. So he's outright saying I don't even have feelings for my sister, which changes as the show goes on. First season is still great. There are still several lines that just occasionally come out of nowhere and just really hit my asexual humor right in the sweet spot. There is, for instance, an episode where the major serial killer they're hunting for that season is uh, chopping up bodies and he leaves a hand out on the beach, just a severed hand. And Dexter goes, interesting hand job. Because he's like, oh, this is very fine work. I, I appreciate this fellow's artistry in his kills. And and the, the cop next to him is like, <laughs> that's funny. And Dexter just goes, it is? I love that. It's so good. His sister Deb starts dating someone and he invites her on a weekend trip and he says, will you come with me? But she shows the text to Dexter and Dexter just says, he spelled come wrong. <laughs> totally unironically. And those are all for the sake of humor, but there is one other line that really, really stuck out to me. This is the last one, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the progression of the show and how they ruined everything. But yeah, this, this cop who's just really, really raunchy, a couple of them are exceptionally gross in that sense, is just describing a very lewd sex act. And Dexter's internal monologue just says, many times in life, I feel like I'm missing some essential piece of the human puzzle. This is one of them. <laughs> and I think asexuals everywhere can actually relate to that. <laughs> We're not relating to the fact that he's a killer, <laughs> which is to obviously say that 
asexuality and lack of empathy are not the same thing, and lack of empathy isn't even the same thing as being a serial killer. It's it's many levels deep, and yet if you take the lines out of context, they're wonderful. They are very, very good. But then they start to do this really weird thing with this character, starting probably right after the first season ended, but it's it's a bit of a slow drip. They really try to humanize him, even though they tried so hard to dehumanize him right off the bat. And the way they do that is interesting, because it starts with mostly taking away his internal monologue. It's still there a little bit, but he doesn't have any of those funny, snappy comments. It doesn't really have him, you know, ruminating on the human experience that he doesn't understand. But I think the first thing they really do is give him an interest in sex. I mean, he and Rita do eventually fornicate, and he's just like, he's fine with it. He's chill. It's whatever. He's like, okay, I guess this isn't, you know, the worst thing in the world, but they don't really give him a lot of explicit dialogue that I remember that's like, yeah, I'm super into this yet. Until they put him in a Narcotics Anonymous program and he gets a sponsor. Do you remember her name? Lila. Lila, that's right. Yes, so Rita has a hunch that Dexter has a drug addiction. (laughs) Because he's out at all hours of the night and disappears, and he's just doing a little murder, not heroin. Funny how that happens, but he he enters this program to appease her and meets Lila, his sponsor, who also ends up being a serial killer. (laughs) Because why not? And he ends up cheating on Rita with her... He ends up at one point just, they don't overtly say that he has a sexual attraction to her, but it is it is pretty heavily implied, and you could still make a case for him still being ace, because of course we know that ace people can have sex, and he's also just trying to, you know, put on a facade for everyone around him. But that's really the beginning of a pattern where in another season they give him who a would-be victim of a serial killer who turns into a serial killer, and they do serial killing together for a little bit, and they have a lot of sex after they kill people. <laughs> and that becomes a very, just like any other TV show, like where emotions are high, my emotions are so high, I can't do anything but have sex, (laughs) which is something that I imagine season one Dexter would have seen on TV and been like, I don't know why they're doing that. (laughs) And after the sex is introduced, they try to like slowly introduce emotions and just kind of try to rewrite over the fact that they explicitly said that he has none because in the first episode he's like yeah i'm i'm fond of deb i think it's nice that she loves me but i can't feel anything at all and there are multiple times across several seasons where he he has some sort of you know argument or falling out with deb and 
he is very much like, no, I love you. Have you ever doubted that I love you? And the fact that he says that and seems genuine, but they've also completely taken away his internal monologue by this point. We don't have that confirmation as an audience that he's deceiving her in any way. And the emotions with the new women he takes interest in romantically and sexually, we, we have no reason to believe otherwise. And so after would-be victim turned serial killers like, I've done enough serial killing. I'm going to move on with my life. Dexter finds yet another serial killer to have sex with. It's it's really ridiculous how many serial killers there are in this show. But he, he tries to kill a woman, Hannah, was it? Yeah, he tries to kill a woman named Hannah, who's a serial killer. Instead, he gets really turned on while he's trying to kill her, so he cuts her free of the plastic wrap, and they have sex on his killing table instead. And then they have a lot of sex for the remaining however long this series lasts, because she's there right to the very last episode for some reason. And they even introduce a psychiatrist in the last season who was very much of the mind of, you know, psychopaths don't have any emotion. Psychopaths can't have real feelings for people. Until he sees Dexter with this other serial killer woman, and she somehow just looks at them and can tell that what they have is real and true love. And and she, she has some lines of dialogue that are like, I never thought that people like you could have a, have a real relationship with something something real behind your emotions there. And so it's like very, very weird. A lot of people say that <laughs> the, the latter seasons of Dexter are just not worth it anyway. And this is what they mean. I mean, not only did they throw all of the ace coding out the window, but just it gets increasingly absurd to the point where you aren't sure if it's supposed to be taking itself seriously or not. And I don't know what's worse. That they made the zero empathy, zero emotion, psychopathic serial killer asexual, or that they changed their minds about that. I really don't know what's worse. <laughs> Honestly, probably that they changed their mind because, uh, I mean, like you said, Royce, I think... They were trying to humanize him. I think they thought that the no emotion was played out and they wanted the audience to be able to relate to him in in new ways as they were introducing love interests and sexual interests and they they really just tried to humanize him all around and one of the ways to do that was to give him <laughs> sexual urges which just really shows how show writers view asexuality. It's not favorably. They clearly still don't get it, but there's a little glimmer of hope with the humor. I really want to see that humor in more shows that actually portray asexuality better. So all that to say, Dexter had famously, at least until Game of Thrones, the worst series finale in the history of season finales. Yeah, most people didn't really care for Lumberjack Dexter all that much. <laughs> no, they didn't. 
<laughs> I mean, they, they they end the series with Deb dying. He drives off into a hurricane in his boat with her dead body. Very small boat, very big hurricane, mind you. Very small boat. He takes his son because he has a son now. It was Rita's son. Rita got murdered, by the way. I, I, I'm sure if you made it this far, you've seen the show. <laughs> so many murders. But he, he sends his young son off with this serial killer woman <laughs> who just poisons everybody because he's like, he'll be safe, kid. <laughs> I'm just going to drive off into a hurricane, presumably to take his own life because it doesn't look like that boat is going to hold up against a hurricane. But the final scene shows him in a, a wintry uh, sort of, where, where do you think they are? They're in like Oregon, maybe? He, he's got a big bushy beard. He's chopping wood. <laughs> yeah, he pops up in Oregon with a new identity. Paul Bunyan. <laughs> and, and that's the end of that. And uh, the world hated it. In fact, the world hated the beard so much. <laughs> Royce, do you want to tell them of the joys of the Skittles Broadway musical or shall I? <laughs> I'll let you handle that one. So I mentioned Michael C. Hall, the actor behind Dexter, is a very talented fellow. He truly is a triple threat. He can sing, he can dance. And I didn't even know about this until recently, and I actually am a Broadway person. But in 2019, Skittles decided to do a very unconventional Super Bowl ad <laughs> by producing a Broadway musical called Skittles Commercial, The Broadway Musical, where they have Michael C. Hall starring as himself. And it is just so funny because this wasn't an actual commercial ad. They actually produced the musical. You could, on that one day, go and see that musical on Broadway. And they even joked about how bad the ending of Dexter was by having Michael C. Hall talking about how he's going to kill his agent for getting him this horrible gig, but don't worry, after killing his agent, he'll just run away and grow a beard so that no one will recognize him. <laughs> it's brilliant. So why they decided to make a brand new season of Dexter in this year 2021 is beyond me, but they have done it as of the release of this podcast. There is one episode out of the new season. It's called Dexter New Blood, and we wanted to watch it just to see because we had found out that it was the original producer behind the first four seasons of Dexter, which are widely known to be the best ones. Almost any Dexter fan you ask will say that it went downhill after the first four seasons. Many say that the series should have just ended at the end of the fourth season. I can't say I disagree with that either. But they got the original producer back for this new season, and it really seems like they just want to make a better ending, because at this point I don't know what more of a story they have to tell, but we were ever so curious to watch this new pilot because 
hey, maybe they bring back the ace coding. Maybe with the original guy with the original vision, maybe they're going to double down on that again. And that would be great. But oh no, the very first uh, like dialogue that Dexter has with any real person is being pulled over by a cop getting told to get out of the truck and he gets patted down and searched and nope turns out this is a sex thing that cop is his girlfriend and they just do this sometimes and then they have sex in the back of her cop car and there there's at least one other time where he's just like trying to also initiate sex they're at a bar at one point and he's like why don't we get out of here so you can pull me over and so it's like all right they just forgot that the first episode of the entire series ever happened. They just forgot that the whole first season happened. The first season is just so tonally different from everything else. It's very sad (laughs) because Dexter really almost could have been an ace icon, albeit a problematic one, but they decided that that was just a bridge too far for their serial killer. (laughs) Although... As horrible as this would be, here here's a, a light spoiler for the first episode of the new season if you haven't seen it yet and are going to. Dexter's son finds him. Harrison is back and he's probably somewhere around 16. This canonically does happen 10 years after he disappeared. And just given the themes of the show... Dexter had his mother murdered in front of him, and he was like, I was born in blood, that's why I'm a killer. And then Harrison, as a baby, sees his mother Rita die and is is born in blood. And we we never really got to see much of Harrison as a little boy, but now we have him as a teenager. And just given what they do with childhood trauma... In this show, I can't decide yet if I'm willing to bet money that they're gonna make him a serial killer too, (laughs) or if they realize exactly how absurd it is that everyone with childhood trauma becomes a serial killer. But we have been introduced to the fact that Dexter's new girlfriend has a daughter who is also about Harrison's age. I think it would be... So absurd, it might just be great if Harrison absolutely 100% is a serial killer and is also 100% absolutely asexual, but gets in a relationship with his father's girlfriend's daughter and has his own uh, new asexual teenage boy uh, woes. Thanks, I hate it. It might be great. I I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with this. It's such a weird series. So we'll we'll just have, we'll just have to wait and find out. We're going to be watching it somewhat begrudgingly. It probably won't be worth it. If the rest of the season is anything like the first episode, they're just rehashing the sort of shallow tired tropes that the last few seasons of the series had. It was really quite boring. <laughs> But who knows, we're in too deep at this point. We watched the entire run of Dexter in preparation for this episode just so we could talk about all the ace coding, and it was literally all in season one. So we are we are well past the point of no return. Sunk cost fallacy. We, we have to see this through to the end. If there's any ace commentary to be had, we'll have a follow-up. Otherwise, we can just never talk about Dexter ever again. <laughs>